Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights, here with my trusty catalog from Huggins and Scott Auctions. It's an auction that it closes on February 20th. I got the catalog in the mail. One of the reasons I, actually, if you don't receive the catalog in the mail, uh, Bill will give you, I think, a $10 credit on bidding on auctions. But the um, uh, looking through the catalogs of Huggins and Scott, as well as Heritage Auctions, uh, again, uh, not necessarily works of art, but uh, it's a learning experience and you get to to, to browse slowly, read the descriptions, and uh, linger where you want to linger. So uh, if I had not gotten the catalog, I wouldn't have seen some of the uh, notes that I'll bring to your attention. So uh, a delightful read, and I thought if the auction is in about a week, it's closing in a week, uh, it's not going to do a lot of good for uh, Huggins & Scott for me to talk about it uh, in a week or, or uh, on the eve of the auction because there's a lot of activity. And uh, if you do want to bid, the procedure usually is you've got to get an opening bid in before the before the last day or whatever their rules are. Uh, okay, so uh, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, obviously, this will be more dedicated to Huggins and Scott, but uh, Heritage Auctions is, uh, does a great job as well. Uh, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. There's a number of Beckett authenticated and graded cards uh, in the catalog. And uh, Com C as well as uh, tops panini and upper deck again more tops a lot of upper deck not as much panini in this particular catalog uh the first thing just i just opened up the catalog and i just it warmed my heart we you know that i did a a, a tribute episode to bruce painter a friend of mine a friend of bill huggins as well and uh, and uh, bruce's wife benita uh, apparently selected huggins and scott for uh, uh where to uh, sell some of uh, uh, bruce's uh, treasured uh, uh, collectibles, uh, mostly cards. Uh, Bruce and I were not exactly the same age. In fact, I bet he's about kind of in between Bill Huggins and me in terms of age. So again, we, we were at a lot of the same shows. Uh, a lot of the cards that he has that in the catalog are cards that I perhaps passed on back in the 70s or in the 80s, uh, early 80s when I was uh, when I was buying cards. So uh, you could do a lot worse than buying a card that um, used to be in the in the Bruce Painter uh, collection. I think provenance and pedigree, especially when it's from a quality person. And um, you can see that his his cards, it's not that they were well-worn that he played with them. It's just that there were just uh, there, there wasn't quite the same emphasis on condition back uh, in uh, in those days in the 70s and the early 80s. Actually, there wasn't grading. So uh, people would try to get the best condition they could find. But a four now is is, is uh, certainly not a, not a terrible card. OK, flipping to page 35, uh, the lots that are in the 220s. These are some of these E98s, uh, very, very crisp white borders, high grades from SGC, which is also a, uh, an excellent uh, grading company, and they, they do a lot of e-cards for sure. Uh, but th these are cards that look like they could be in the, in the Heritage catalog. Again, very crisp, very sharp. Uh, and sometimes when people have cards, they, uh, just like I've talked about doing eBay experiments, there perhaps are collectors and dealers who do auction catalog experiments to see uh, what happens when you put some cards in one catalog and another card and other similar cards in another one? See, see what goes the best. Um, look at moving ahead to uh, lot 306, which is a pair of 93 SP Jeter rookies. One is a BGS7 and the other is a BGS8. Uh, my comment on this, my sports card insight, is that when a auction company or the consigner puts this in a lot of two, uh, two different ones with two different conditions. Uh, they're really probably, well, it could go to a collector. If it, When I used to be a collector, I would have been interested in this because I perhaps would have tried to get, um, you know, get a good deal on these and then maybe uh, sell one of them to get most of my money back to where I had uh, a lot less uh, in the other. But uh, for the average person who only wants to buy and doesn't really want to sell, 
this might be a lot they'd pass by because uh, you don't absolutely need two. Although in the hobby now, if you want two of something, that uh, can be twice as much bragging rights on a glamour card. That card has has been stratospheric in um, in a in a 9.5 or a 10. Uh, in the sevens and eights, that's more uh, what you normally see. And so again, the, the value is not as extreme. It's it's not an easy card, but it's not a hard card either. It's very hard in uh, in, uh, in gem mint or better condition. Uh, item 341, uh, Dodger pinups. I've got some of those somewhere. They're they're uh, oversized. They're interesting. They're like little heads up things. Uh, again, they're really attractive. If you look at the lot right above it, though, 339 as opposed to lot 341, there's these Union Oil Dodger. Dodgers family booklets, and as a general rule, when we were doing price guides, uh, we we would notice that uh, a a picture sells better than a booklet. A booklet uh, that you're flipping through. Again, if we were comic book collectors, it might be different, but for card collectors, they want a. In most cases, the two-dimensional card uh, sells better. Oversize, obviously, not quite as good. Lot three fifty-four, the Puerto Rican Winter League uh, stickers. It's a complete set, but the key card obviously is the, um, the Mike Schmidt, uh, pre-rookie, which I think is a, is a terrific card. Mike Schmidt, uh, perhaps actually an underrated, um, Hall of Famer. He's, uh, had a, a long, strong career and, uh, you know, that's his very first card and he, and he looks like him. Uh, flipping the pages to page 53, lot 383 and 384. Those are two kind of postcards that I don't think I've ever seen. One is uh, a maize alaga syrup from 54. I, I may have seen that, but I don't remember. And then the other, they, uh, Huggins and Scott called that very tough, whereas lot 384, they call it extremely rare. Well, I think it is extremely rare. It says circa 56 Dexter Press. Dexter Press did a number of sets. Mickey Mantle postcard showing him, uh, you know, taping up or something. I, I don't know that that was a, a proof. Uh, I'm not sure. It says pulled before distribution. I'm not sure how you know that. But uh, I don't believe it was it was um, it was distributed, and if you're a mantle collector, uh, that'd be very tough. But again, postcard. Let's see, 452. That lot is a ultimate New York Yankees autograph and game use collection of 266 Ruth Gehrig DiMaggio mantle. That's really cool. the The point I want to bring out on that is that I just can imagine the loving care that went into accumulating 266 really cool cards that are autographed and game used of of uh, Yankee icons. And I just think, you know, when you sell them all in a group like that, you're, you're, unless you bought them a long time ago, and, and they're not extremely old, they, they seem to all be uh, this century, uh, you don't always get your money back. And yet none of the cards are so outstanding that, uh, that they're going to go for huge bucks. But when you put it all together, I'm sure they'll be spirited bidding. And again, word to the unwise, when they're spirited bidding, uh, I, I'm not the only guy that doesn't like spirited bidding. If I'm looking for something, I want dispirited bidding. I want people that are not bidding. But that lot will probably have a lot of interest. Flipping the page to page 79, uh, this I, I, this issue won't be a tribute to Larry Shane, but Larry Shane was a friend. He's passed away, and he's got his own little section in the catalog as well. Larry was, uh, again, just uh, the word mensch. If you look that up, it, that's that's what Larry was. I, I knew him from the from the mid 70s. He was uh, more of a memorabilia. Uh, guy I always thought that a card guy, but a warm and friendly guy. He he looked like he could still play. Now this was a while back, but uh, he was uh, he was very involved in the game of baseball, and uh, we had some great conversations. And uh, was an outstanding guy. And he he was missed. That was 
back in the old days where it seemed like everybody knew everybody. And again, he, he mentioned that he uh, had partnered up with Tony Carafel, who was also another guy that passed away. Uh, actually, he passed away quite a, quite a while ago, but uh, both those guys were foundational in uh, building the, the hobby in, in that part of the, of the country. Uh, lot 706, which is a Roy Campanella, they say pre-accident signed photo. Uh, he you know, was in a, a car wreck and almost died and became a, a quadriplegic. He couldn't sign anything. They fitted him with like a mechanical uh, device that would allow him to kind of move his arm to sign cards. Um, so those cards that are mechanically signed are, are, I won't say they're valueless, but they're, it's really not considered his, his true autograph. So the pre-accident, pre, what would that be, late 58 perhaps? Um, yeah, I'm guessing that accident was in late 58. Anyway, he was, um, he was uh, a fabulous uh, catcher and he's passed away now, so his autographs are valuable, but I actually have some autographs that are uh, post-accident, which are in Sharpie, and you know, that's, and, 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 it's, and, and one of them is on a really good card, and, and I, I've talked to the, the BGS people, Jeremy, and he said, well, we could slab it, that it's an inauthentic uh, signature, even though it's, it's just tricky, because it's, it really, Roy Campanella was involved in the signature, but it's just not considered his, he, he didn't he, he use this mechanical device, so it's like an auto pen. And so now I've got a card that's, in effect, defaced. So that's kind of the downside of uh, autograph collecting on cards. Uh, I, uh, lots 944 and 945. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, this is uh, football offseason, what happens with Tom Brady. But uh, the difference in the lots 944 and 945, they're both Tom Brady uh, rookie cards. But one is three of the same, and the other is eight different. Again, if you're a collector and you're getting in now, the eight different might be an interesting way to uh, take a position on on uh, a sampling of Tom Brady rookie cards. Obviously, since they're not graded, not obviously, but again, when you see a lot like this and they're not graded, it might be that they were submitted for grading. I'm not saying they were trimmed, but there are, uh, most of the grading companies allow you to, well, they will evaluate the card if it doesn't make a nine or an eight or some grade that you um, uh, suggest for a minimum grade, they won't slab it for you, they'll just uh, return it back. And so perhaps, I, I doubt, when I see eight cards like this, don't think you're gonna submit them and get 9.5s and 10s. It's, it's unlikely, I guess it's possible, but it's unlikely. Whereas 944, they're, they're, they're graded, they're eights and 8.5s. Again, those cards are not rare in an eight, uh, but they're still very collectible and it is a rookie card of Tom Brady, so uh, worth your consideration. Lot 1080, uh, flipping for, further, is a, an autograph lot of hockey cards. And uh, I, I do think there could be a, a trend toward, um, toward uh, cards that are personally autographed, uh, good cards. And if that does catch on, or it's actually sort of catching on, if it catches on even more, you might be uh, pleased that you bought that. On the other hand, you've got to factor in uh, grading, or well, authenticating the autographs. Uh, you have a choice with most of the autograph services, certainly with BAS, I think you can put a sticker on it, which is more discreet on the back of the card, or you can slab it in the traditional manner. And there might be pros and cons for both of those. Um, yeah, it's your call. The price is not as much different as, as you would think. I think the slabbing is slightly more expensive, but not, not a whole lot more. Uh, lot 1131 says it's 1960s to 1990s multi-sport collection of 17,000 cards. I bring that up because multi-sport is usually, people don't know what that means. It means you're gonna get a pig and a poke. And when I see, it looks like uh, plastic sheets fanned out. In the last collection I bought from an estate sale or whatever that everything was in plastic sheets. In fact, I'll do an episode on this is, it's not fun getting the cards out of the plastic sheets. 
And um, you, you don't have to, you could leave them in there, but uh, the, the, the shipping, the postage, and all that is uh, tricky uh, to say nothing of the fact that the older plastic sheets uh, can, can uh, potentially degrade. Uh, next one is lot 1152, which was the lot of all refractors. And if this were 1993, you'd need to go to the bank and take out a loan. But nowadays, refractors are more common than they used to be. That's kind of a trend in the industry that what is rare one year, the next year is not quite as rare. And over time, uh, some of these technologies become Okay, last and perhaps least is uh, lot 1157. Uh, I don't necessarily search for the word massive, but when I'm looking through the catalog and I see the word massive, it draws my attention. So it's a massive 1950s, that sounds good, through 1990s, not so good, multi-sport, not so good, publication, really not so good, and card treasure chest with 35,000 items. My point in bringing this up is that I'm not saying this will be a bargain. There is there, there is some uh, unopened product in there, which could be uh, very enjoyable and perhaps even rewarding. But when publicate, there's a bunch of publications in there, which is a lot of weight. And my, one of my experiments would be, I think it can actually be a negative, a drag on the value and on the bidding of a lot when there's a lot of publications in there. Even though there, a lot of them are Yankee yearbooks and Mets yearbooks and Red Sox uh, programs and yearbooks. So they're not terrible things, but the weight and the bulk uh, can actually be a negative, whereas somebody may really, in fact, what used to happen in the old days is the two guys would go together. There was a guy that uh, handled publications and he'd say, you know what, let's buy the lot together. I'll take the publications, you take the cards, and, and that could work, but most people prefer one or the other. Uh, and what I prefer is uh, uh, getting the catalog, walking through it, and just enjoying things that I may not bid on. In fact, I probably won't bid on anything that I told you about, but uh, it's still fun. Uh, Heritage is fun to, to look through their catalogs as well. So well done, Bill Huggins. Uh, keep up the good work. Um, it really uh, is a, a compliment to you that you uh, snagged uh, Larry Shane's uh, stuff as well as Bruce Painter's. So job well done. I hope you uh, uh, get some big prices for, for, their, uh, for their families. So again, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, just uh, continue to enjoy your hobby, whether that's through auctions or, or purchases or card shows or shops or eBay or Beckett Marketplace or ComC, wherever you are, uh, enjoy. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house of cards. The man in the